0: A quick content warning before we start, at some point in the episode, we'll talk about abuse and distress, so please take care of yourselves while listening. I gratefully acknowledge the Matski, Kwantlen, Keitsi, and Semiyamu First Nations on whose unceded territories I am privileged to live, work, and play. Welcome to Teach Reach, a podcast with Tongi. It's 2013. I'm in my second year of teaching grade 8 French immersion in a middle school. Not fully established, I am slowly starting to grasp this teaching thing with homeroom duties, multiple classroom divisions, students' various needs, meetings, and interruptions to prepare fun stuff like talent shows. I know that I did not know what I was doing. My course load was French, social studies, and English. I was supposed to teach grade eight, but I honestly was bringing content that was beyond the grade eight level. Despite some questionable rookie moves, deep down, I knew I was pushing them out of their comfort zone. And they were doing the same for me too. I am forever grateful for those students who have allowed me to make mistakes, who have been patient with me and with whom I grew in the process. In one of my grade eight classes, one of my students stood out, continuously going above and beyond to understand social studies, concepts, mastering the language as well, and presenting a level of critical thinking rarely seen in a 13 year old kid. I was curious how a 13 year old could be so phenomenal. There are intrinsic traits that we all possess. And there are traits that we have the luxury to acquire through our environment. As the year progressed, I got to meet her parents at our yearly talent show. I got to chat with her dad. And it turns out the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It was a delightful conversation and i kept a mental note to one day pick his brain a bit deeper not during the intermission at a talent show so this episode is when we go deeper i recently had the pleasure to discuss with fessel katak fessel is a holistic sherpa for 10 years his studies of quantum physics science ancient wisdom of spirituality and indigenous teachings of sacred plant medicines have brought him to develop the Arbol method and establish the Ruhani Wellness Center in Costa Rica. This helped him to heal early childhood abuse and to become who he was born to be. Fessel guides people with the help of modern science, ancient wisdom of spirituality, and plant medicine to heal themselves from their own trauma. The Arbol method is a unique modality that Fessel uses to assist finding your full potential and get your mojo back. Throughout the episode, we touch on the role of the Sherpa, the guide, the intersection of modern psychology and shamanism, fatherhood, and how to address our current lack of connection. It was an absolute honor to discuss with such a calming voice and inspiring soul. Enjoy the ride. or 2014 Um, and I had the privilege of of teaching your daughter one of your daughters um, that was I was in my second year of teaching so I didn't know what I was doing it was kind of like a a test and then you know um, your your daughter was in my class and that's how I met you the 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 first time Um, and I remember even um, we kind of like shared couple of couple of words with each other um, there's a poem I read, and I'll probably include that in the podcast somewhere. Um, and that was a show that we were doing for my school in you know, a middle school in, in in New Westminster. And then, and then that's that's how I get to know you. But um, through your daughter, I, I kept track of of seeing what you were doing. Um, so in order to bring the the audience into into who you are as a person, um, would you would you mind sharing with us what what do you do? Um,
1: In life, oh man, that's a million dollar question. Sometimes I don't even know what I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. you can call me multifaceted. I started as a business entrepreneur. uh, I would say since I have been a teenager, basically, I was born in Pakistan, and since I was a kid, I was into. Electronics, I was into making different projects, uh, anything mechanical and technical, you name it, I was into it. And I got into when I was a a teenager, I got into fixing everybody else's problems related (laughs) to electronics in the neighborhood. So this is how I used to make my pocket money, fixing somebody's uh, pressing iron, somebody's fan, somebody's car's antenna. So things like that. So this is how I was since I was a kid. And I was also into metaphysics, uh, mysticism, um, and lots of esoteric stuff, mm-hmm. hypnotherapy, all kinds of these things. They were, I was intrigued by that. So whatever I could do, whatever book I could get back in the day, there were not many books on these kind of subjects. So whatever I could get, I will, I'll read about it but I did not have any teacher or a master or a guru at that time. And also very early on, I had a business mind. So I was always into like, how can I make the money? And then long story short, I moved to States when I was 18. From there, I moved to Canada when I was 99. In States, when I moved, I was only 18 by myself. Uh, And I got into business. I started uh, delivering pizza, pumping gas. Uh, I was the youngest general manager at the age of 20 for a chain, uh, restaurant chain, Waffle House. Uh, So I did that for a couple of years. Then I moved to uh, Canada. And then slowly, slowly we opened um, retail stores. Uh, convenience stores we had three convenience stores a wholesale business and at the same time I was working on cars that was my passion I would buy cars I would soup them up change the engine paint the cars and all kind of stuff Uh, and then we had our daughters and I was still into you know having 20 different projects at the same time And they had no connection with each other, you know. (laughs) So this is what I was doing, you know. (laughs) Um, Last house we had, that was a a very old, 110 years old heritage home in New West, actually. Uh, When we bought it, so we, uh, my, my wife and I and a couple of other people, we stripped it down to just the starts and did the whole remodeling from floor to the roofing and concrete and plumbing and electrical by myself so that was that was back many moons ago and then around I would say 2011 I got into self-empowerment and that's how my purpose and uh, the course of life shifted yeah. Got into that and around when I met you around 2013, I believe I got into working with plant medicine, into shamanism uh, and lots of uh, all that mysticism, which I was keen when I was a young kid. Yeah, yeah. So I got into that uh, and slowly, slowly we got rid of our businesses because I lost interest in that and I found my passion, my true passion. Uh, At the time when I met you, I was actually becoming a public speaker at that time. And then, with the same daughter who you were teaching, we wrote a book at that time. She was 11 at that time. So, we co authored
0: a book. She she wrote a book. I didn't know that. I have to. She
1: she, she was a co author (laughs)
0: in that book. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Beautiful.
1: And the book was about anti bullying. Mm. So, that was my work at that time. Uh, and then recently, about three years ago, we opened a uh, wellness center in Costa Rica. And that's that's what I've been doing now. So now, if you, because people want to know the title. So if you want to know the yeah. title, <laughs> I call myself Holistic Sherpa. So Sherpa is someone who helps you <clears throat> climb, climb the mountain. Um, in... Uh, like Mount Everest and all those mountains there in that area, there's a tribe known as Sherpa. And that's what they do. If you go uh, want to climb Mount Everest, you will hire these people. And these people are indigenous people from there. So they know everything, you know, they are climatized and they're very durable people. So they carry all your luggage, on your back and you are just climbing. So they are the ones who, who are actually doing the hard work. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's the real thing. They're, those people like they carry everything for you, your mm-hmm. baggage, your letters and everything. So, so Sherpa is a term, someone like a guide who helps you reach where you want to reach. Mm-hmm. So I'm a holistic Sherpa. Some people call me shaman. I'm a spiritual mentor. And many other things, hypnotherapist, yeah. neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and many, many other things I got wow. on my tool belt.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, that's like, that's like I know our, our producer was saying at the beginning that, you know, we can talk for a long time. I think yeah. I think with all the hats that you wear and all the hats that all, all the experiences that you've had, we can can talk for a mo- for a long time, and we can actually do part one, part two, and three, or even a whole series with you. <laughs> so, um, so what one thing that I noticed in, in w- when you were like explaining how you you know h- how you got to where you are right now is that you said that there was no link between each of them. Um, I would gently disagree because the link is you, <laughs> right? It's kind, of, it's kind of like you're the one who gel in a unique, unique way. All those, all those different, different um, passions or different path that you have, that you have um, gone through to get to where you are right now. Now, as a, as a holistic, holistic Sherpa, like it, it seemed that this is, You you found who you truly are. Are there any hints of who you truly are that you could find in the things that you did prior to finding who you really are? Mm, It's kind of a tricky question. Let me wrap my mind around it.
1: Um, You know, you were right that I am the main link, but for outsiders, if they see this guy is working on, on fixing the radio, then he is working on the business, then he is doing the plumbing in the house. So for them, it's like, what's what's going on, right? Yeah. But inside, as you mentioned, I am the link in between. So the, the way I tell people is, you know, everybody talks about purpose in life. What is my purpose? What I have found over the years is there's not one purpose. Purpose mm-hmm. changes with when you grow, your interests change. So at some point, your purpose would be to get a degree. After that, your purpose would be to become a teacher. When, and then you grow up, you have kids. Your purpose would become to be the best father you could be. And after that, kids are gone. Then you're sitting at home and you're like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing now. Maybe you <laughs> get retired. Then your purpose might be to turn to spirituality and, and inspire other people. Yeah. So what I am right now, it has been in the making when I look back since I was seven or eight year old, you know, so I always had this, like I was, like I said, interested in Sufism, mysticism, mysticism, and all the other esoteric stuff. Mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't know, you know, if somebody asked me at that time, what is your purpose? I would be at that time. I was into cars. I want to buy that car with the two round headlights. That was my only purpose at that time. Right. But who knew, you know, now I look back and I'm like, I always had this Sherpa in, in me. I was Mm -hmm. always helping people. I was always making people laugh in the party. I was the joker of the party. So in a way I was kind of a Sherpa, like I was leading people into different Mm -hmm. ways or doing different things. So I don't
0: know if I answered your question, but I, oh, no. I you, always you have, had that. <clears throat> you, you, you have, you have. And, and I love the idea of, of, of the guide and the Sherpa. Uh, um, and, and it fits so well with, with a podcast called Teach Reach. We are trying to, you know, have a, have. you are a teacher, right? Uh, um, whether it, when you were, you know, like in your endeavors growing up or, or right now as a holistic Sherpa, you are a teacher, now, as a teacher, what is the what is the main thing that you that you gain from from your teaching experiences? What is something that I would word it as bring you joy when you are teaching?
1: Mm-hmm. So, what I have learned over the years is we teach what we want to learn. Actually, okay. So it doesn't matter how big teacher or Sherpa or guide or shaman I become. What I'm actually doing is I'm actually learning subconsciously. Mm -hmm. So what brings me the joy is why I turn, first of all, to teaching people or inspiring people. Because I wanted to work on my own pain, on my own suffering coming from the childhood so that got me into this work. And once I figured out why, where my pain was coming, where my anger issues were coming, where my frustration was coming, once I figured that out, then I turned into teaching. Then I, Then I saw that there is so much potential in the work I'm doing or the work I did myself. I need to teach it to other people now. I need to share it. And now when I share it with other people, it's not like I'm just, I'm I'm the one now. I'm the guru. I know all. No. Every time I teach someone, every time I see someone being helped, evolving, that gives me that gratification. That gives me a little bit more closer to my goal of healing my own self. Like no one can be healed like totally, completely yeah everybody has wounds whenever we work on those wounds we are getting closer to being healed but ne- we never get healed because the closer we get to the wound we can see it's deeper and deeper and wider so we get more understanding of that wound or trauma so by helping other people it gives me something in return so i'm mm-hmm. not doing it for you know free it is actually giving me something back. And a lot of people, a lot of teachers don't understand that or they don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really, a, really beneficial for a teacher or a guide to understand that you are also getting something in return. Mm-hmm. And once you understand what you're getting, what you are getting in return, that motivates you because you want to get more of that.
0: That's that's beautiful. I, I As a teacher, that all that you're saying resonates so much with me um and 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 it's it seems it seems that what you're suggesting too is that as teachers we have to have a reflective practice right we can't we can't just teach to teach and just like cross cross the you know the like whatever we have on our to-do list and then we did we, we, we done we we just have to you know keep on reflective reflecting on what we are actually doing and like that, we can keep that communication going between our practice and how we what we are looking for within ourselves. Now, I, I teach um, high school students and 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 I can I, I teach a philosophy class and and we have a lot of like you know debate about big questions and 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 how do we get to the, the proverbial truth and 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 whatnot. Um my question to you is that th- through your practice, how how can we guide someone to to heal or to get closer to the wound that you were mentioning? How do we how do we guide someone through that? Like, what is the what is the process that you follow, or that one can follow to get closer to that wound?
1: Well, first of all, nobody is a healer. Nobody can heal anyone. You know, you can only show them the way Mm. the client or the student, they are the healers. Everybody's their own healer. Now, how do you guide someone to heal someone? Like, for example, if somebody had a sexual trauma in the childhood, how do you help that person truly, like truly help that person um, to go through the healing process You have to be, you have to have that experience. That is my understanding. Mm -hmm. I never teach someone which I have not gone through myself. This is my rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they read from the book, there are many books, and then they teach other people. But it does not have the soul. It does not have that grit or that fire, that passion, you know. So in order for someone to really help someone, you have to understand, you have to be in their shoes at some point, you know? It's like, um, if you want to get your car fixed, you won't go to a dentist. You will go to a good mechanic, you know, who knows what the engine is or how to open or how how to change the oil. And whatnot, yeah. you know, that's right. so that's the whole thing. Uh, I know there are a lot of gurus and, but you also hear the stories. Uh, there are lots of coaches or shrinks. Um, you go there, you sit with them for a session and you come out. And I, I hear a lot of stories like that. And people will say, I was with this psychologist and actually I was helping them through their marriage while I was in the session they could not help me out. I became their teacher. Yeah, so there are yeah, many, many stories like that. So in order to uh, give you the answer in, to help someone, you really have to know that pain. Then you can truly help someone from your heart.
0: Beautiful. Well, um, it's interesting because it seems that the conversation that we are having unwillingly is is a is a is a uh, a continuation of the, the previous episode that i had where I, I, there's a there's someone that mentioned the other day to me that you know it, it's better to move from it's better to move from the the scar instead of the wound so you need to heal first before you cut before you cut kind, of, kind of like progress right you need to to attend to things that are on the inside before you before you start progressing and, and it's interesting because i feel that links very well with what you're saying and addressing that pain first prior to you know adding adding more um in 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 our talk so far you you mentioned that you have a center in in costa rica the the ruhanis wellness center um right. and and what is the of course, it it, it goes into, you know, um, finding yourself and, and 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 healing for your own self. But what is the what is the purpose of that of that center?
1: Well, the purpose of center, just like you said, is uh, bringing people and showing them different ways. They can connect with themselves, with their inner self and finding different modalities of healing, the the healing modalities we offer there, like shamanism, like plant medicine work, like psychology, inner child work. Um, Because not one thing works for everyone. Mm. Uh, One person might just get healed through yoga, through meditation, whereas the other person, it might not work for them they might have to do plant medicine, they they might have to work um, with a psychologist. So the place is there in the jungle where we bring people from the cities, from the busy hustle and bustle, from all this energy, especially nowadays, we bring Mm -hmm. them in a tranquil place where they can sit, relax um, without phone, without Wi-Fi, without air conditioning, you know, Listening to the monkeys, listening to the birds over there, the chickens. And that even that just changes everything, you know, takes the pressure off of, you know, of their minds. And then we offer different modalities, like I said, um, to to help them heal. We get clients who have PTSD, who have trauma, who have childhood issues coming up. Um, who have anxiety, who are getting panic attacks. So these are the type of clients we get. Um, people who cannot find solution from, uh, you know, 20 meds in their cabinets. People who cannot find solutions seeing their uh, psychologist or therapist for the last 10 years. We had clients, especially veterans. I work with veterans too. And there's a lot of trauma in that community. Um, Every veteran, they they tell me, usually they have 20 to 30 prescribed medicines in their cabinet. Wow. And they can't get rid of it. And most of them, they have suicidal thoughts, even with those meds. Mm Mm-hmm. So these are the people who we work with. um, And of course, you don't have to have PTSD. You don't have to go to that extreme. (laughs) There are some people who just want to evolve. There are people who just want to, who are turning towards spirituality, who want to know themselves, who want to find their purpose, like what's happening in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're just not happy. Midlife crisis, that's a big thing.
0: Yeah. 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 And And the... The, in the modalities that you mentioned in there, um, plant-based medicine and shamanism, and th- there seems to be, um, first of all, I, I have a little bit of an idea, but of course you, you're the expert here. So, um, what are those modalities? What, what do they contain? What, what is, what is shamanism? What is plant-based medicine and, and those, those modalities, what, what do they contain?
1: So shamanism is a practice. Shaman, the original word is from Siberia, okay? And then it traveled in our world and then into South America, um, Central America. So shaman and shamanism is basically a big umbrella. This is a general um, word or word uh, for modern people, for us. So when you say a shaman, everybody has an idea. Okay, somebody who works with the plants, who works with the spirits and all that. But in reality, South America and Central America, shaman word is not there originally. They did not have that word. So mainly the medicines we work with is nowadays very popular, ayahuasca. Uh, There's another one. San Pedro, it's a cactus, also known as wachuma, something similar to peyote, which uh, natives in North America, they use, and also in Mexico. So we use those plants. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people, they have this idea that those plants are drugs, but they're not, they are natural plants, they're organic plants, universe gave those you know for healing so what is shamanism in shamanism shaman is someone who is like a medicine man or a medicine woman who works with these plants who has knowledge of plants not just these two plants many other plants who are not psychedelic but also just for healing purposes so this is the person who works with these plants and also works in the spiritual realm. Person who can go into the upper upper dimensions and lower dimensions. So this person has knowledge of this world, upper world, lower world, and also the plants. This person can see energies, this person can manipulate energies, this person can move around energies. And there are different different types of shamanisms. like in Africa, uh, I forgot what is it what it is called, but there's a different word for shamanism. Yeah. In Middle East, there are different medicines, different people. they are not called shamans. They have different words for that, right? Yeah. In India, um, in Pakistan, someone who works with these natural medicines, it's called Hakim. They are called Hakim. So it's a different, different name. Yeah. But due to media lately, last 10, 15 years, shaman and shamanism uh, got more popular. So this is, again, it's like an umbrella. People who work uh, with ayahuasca, originally, they are known as ayahuascaros people who mm-hmm. work with San Pedro wachuma they're known as wachumeros there are there are experts who work with tobacco because tobacco is also a medicine they're called tabaquero. Mm. there are people who work with flower in uh, flower essences or perfumes they're called perfumeros so this is how it goes but generally yeah. people say oh he or she is
0: a shaman <laughs> I see I see. Yeah. yeah oh that's 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 beautiful um i know that uh myself being from haiti we do have uh um you know we call them doctors that are that are you know specialized with with plant-based or or different different ways than your traditional you go to an office and you you sit down and talk to our to a doctor who prescribe a pill and 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 whatnot um we we do have like we have a a religion called Voodoo, um, yeah, the Voodoo right. religion, <laughs> and yeah. that, that's the thing. Like it's, it's kind of what what you're saying about shamanism. Is like when you mention those terms, it kind of like bring an image into people's mind. But when you know what what it contains, you, you kind of like know that that word covers a lot of things, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean what people have in their minds. Right. So mm-hmm. we have like doctors that are under the umbrella of the voodoo religion that are able to, you know, that have knowledge of, of plants, as you, as you mentioned um, there, there seems to be a, a intersection between shamanism and the quote-unquote modern psychology. Can you, because it seems that people that that pursue shamanism, not shamanism, but pursue um, the modalities that shamanism provides, are also looking for something that modern psychology provides. Like, is there an intersection? What is what is in that intersection between shamanism and modern psychology?
1: Well as we know everything is connected we're all connected energetically you know all Mm -hmm. these teachings they're also connected they're just different ways of explaining people in different languages different modalities so originally shamanism is coming from aboriginals you know from the tribes and in tribes at that time, still some tribes which are not touched in Brazil, Peru, Ecuador, in those areas, even in, in Africa too, they don't have the concept of psychology. Hmm. They have psychology, but it's like indigenous psychology. You know, They do not have divorce issues, they do not have child alimony issues, they do not have boss and worker problems, you know, they don't have this PTSD. They don't even have these physical ailments or diseases which we have. They don't have Tylenol, they don't have all the cancers, you know, all these things are Western world. So they did not need psychology to address these issues. You know, psychology is like a modern knowledge. Nothing wrong with it. They're both knowledges. I mean, they're both beautiful knowledge. One is more indigenous. One is more modern. One is more scientific based. One is more uh, natural, nature based. Mm-hmm. So the way I explain people, because my work is I combine shamanism, quantum physics, science, and psychology together. And I'll explain why I do that. So yes. first of all, in those tribes, in those areas, they don't have concept of these modern problems we have. They live, they used to live in a community. Every child is raised by the whole village. You know, anybody can beat up anybody's kid, no problem. <laughs> right? And this they...
0: oh. I lost you a little bit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So everybody is connected you know everybody's auntie everybody's uncle and for their problems like if somebody had a headache first of all they did not have these big issues we have so they'll use the natural medicines they will go in the jungle and grab a plant and that's all they have they don't have Mm -hmm. laboratories or whatever so usually in every village, there will be one person who knows the medicine, the medicine man or the medicine woman, again, called shaman in modern language. So there was no concept of psychology. Mm-hmm. If somebody had a problem, mostly that that person will be referred to this medicine man who can talk to the spirits and who can see the energy and they will do some work um, and take care of it, voodoo or whatever, however they do it, right? That's right. In our modern society, we are so far away from nature over the years, over the decades, we have gone way far from the nature, from the natural laws, from the energetic work, because, again, everything is energy and everything is connected. Mm -hmm. Back in the days, again, if somebody had pain or headache or whatever, somebody, the medicine man will just, you know, rub their hand on you or put some plant on you and it is gone. Slowly, slowly, we moved away from that. We are not practicing that. And then we develop new knowledges, science, and nothing wrong with it. This is this is how we evolve. It's totally okay. And then the new problems arise. Modern world problems we have here. Everybody's running all the time. You know, you and I, we know that.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And that brings more problems. So we're looking for quick fixes. So, what is the quick fix? If we have a headache, we pop in a couple of diurnals. It will take care of that. In reality, it won't. It is just putting a bandit. Hmm. In indigenous people, what they do is they go to the root and they take care of that with the help of energy work and with the help of the plant medicine now both sides are good both sides have their own place so now someone going from modern society going to the jungle to get this work done and there's a there's a big trend now a lot of people are going like to our center too mhm from modern world they they hear about ayahuasca they hear about um, other medicines and they're like okay i'm gonna book one week two week trip and i'm gonna go to the jungle sit with the medicine man or a woman and i will be healed which is a misconception first of all they heard it from someone they heard it ayahuasca okay this is on their list to do list and they just go and do it the problem with that is when they go to a an indigenous shaman who has no idea about the problems we have in this side of the world, if they don't have the problems, they don't have the answers, right? Sure. They are fantastic working with the medicine, they're fantastic working with the spirits and you know other realms, but they cannot really address the issues we have. So people go there, they, they go there for a week or two weeks, they do some plant medicine work, and they come home and of course, when you do the plant medicine you go you travel into the different worlds you see a lot of stuff good bad dark light you see everything and your eyes get opened your perception opens and you are in what we call afterglow even when you come back there's there are some chemicals in your body and you are still you still have euphoria and you are you know kind of in the la la land and you're really yeah. happy But slowly, slowly, once you're back in the city and you start going back to work, all this energy hits you and all the problems and whatnot, you start complaining. A lot of people start complaining. They're like, oh, I didn't get healed. I went there and and nothing happened. Or some people even get worse because now medicine showed them all their wounds and fears in front of them. Now they cannot run away before they were pushing it down. Now Now it's outside. So the danger of that work is that it can backfire. Mm. Also, a lot of people from modern world, they're not into spirituality. They're not into energy work. They're not into spirits. They don't know the other realms. So they really do not believe in that. So if you do not have at least some idea of it, it's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. If Back of mind, you're saying that this is all bullshit and all this work, this is voodoo and magic. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it, but I want to do the medicine work. It doesn't work, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> the way I work is, and the way I combine is, I explain, and there are lots a lot of other people now who are getting in the, into this work. They are also combining these two words. So I explain at a psychological level. First of all, why you need to do this work? What is your pain? Before taking the medicine, let's work on it at a psychological level. Where is this pain yeah. coming from? And usually yeah. that is coming from the inner child. What is your wound? Okay, let's find out what's happening, what issues you have, what fears you have, fear of abandonment, you know. Uh, You don't have self-worth, maybe you don't have low self-esteem, all those type of Mm -hmm. things. First, We see that, what is it? Okay, now we got this. So we need to work with this and we're going to seek help from the medicine. Then we go, we take the medicine and medicine will show them all their wounds, but they already know what's coming up. So they are Mm -hmm. ready to tackle that. And after the medicine work, because what medicine does is basically any, any type of these plant medicines, basically they send your ego to a little mini vacation for a few hours. Hmm. Usually our egos, it doesn't want us to go and seek inside into the subconscious what is hiding because mm-hmm. ego's number one job is to keep you safe. And ego knows if you find your wound, you're going to cry, you're going to get depressed, and it is mm-hmm. not safe. So we're not going to bring that up. We're not going there. So it has a hold. These plant medicines, they say, once you take it, they tell ego, go for a smoke break while I work. <laughs> you know, And then boom, everything comes out. Yeah. So if you are not prepared at a psychological level, you're going to get really scared. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do if they have not, if they haven't been explained or if they have not done their psychological work. So now everything came out, you come back home. In my work, I still work with them after a week or two weeks. We call it integration. Mm-hmm. So how do we do integration? Okay, what came up? Oh, I saw this fear in the shape of the monster and, and medicine told me to do this and this and this okay, how are we going to do it? So that is another, uh, wave of therapy at a psychological level. And that yeah. really helps people. So, so in this work to be, for this work to be really, really helpful, we have to combine both worlds, war, both war, mm-hmm. shamanism and psychology together. And actually yeah. I just, um, I'm on Clubhouse and my club is called uh, Psychology in Shamanism. I just created that a couple of weeks ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Psychology in in Shamanism. I I love the idea. Well, I mean, you explain it beautifully how the the job of the ego that, that is kind of like work as a protector, right? And then it's like, okay, well, let's. Let's ask the protector, you know, access to to that deep part. And and what I like as well is that I I really appreciate the fact that you didn't vilified the ego. You kind of like actually, you know, enhance its quote unquote power or, or you recognize its value, its job, that it has a job. And it has, once again, to come back, what you were talking about before in terms of like, the purpose, the ego has its purpose. And then at one point, you're going to be like, okay, well, the purpose right now, it's, it's not done, but we don't need you right now. You don't serve, you don't have any purpose in that work that we're doing right now. Or we can only recognize that you have, you know, uh, 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 a protective purpose. And then we can now work on the, on the, the, the cross of the issue so so i really i really um like the fact that you you kind of explain very well um the the intersection between the the, the modern psychology and and shamanism and, and also it's like i i love also that there is kind of like a follow-up that's being done the the, the person that goes through that work is not left alone floating by themselves with powerful like potential to see things without being followed right um what what are some you know despite how beautiful that you can merge that what are some challenges that you have had um in that line of work um within your wellness center um being established in Costa Rica
1: well, challenges as you may already know, each one of us we have our own wounds, different types of wounds, different pains, different trigger points, and also uh, everybody has uh, everybody has ego first of all, and everybody everybody's ego is either strong or very strong and crazy, right? So time to time, we will have someone, you know, they claim to uh, have done a lot of work, okay? And I can see it's their ego talking at that time. They're like, I have done all this work. I have done like 50 ceremonies and I have done to the, <laughs> the psychologist and, and I know everything, Um but I still cannot get rid of this, whatever their fear is. So inside my head, I'm like, yeah, if you have done all this work, and if you know everything, that means you're just bullshitting your own self. Yeah. (laughs) So we get time to time those kind of people. And that's actually a good challenge. I am kind of laughing inside. I'm like, yes, we will see this person breaking down in the ceremony you know this person is going to be on their knees and and some people they do not respect the medicine and, and number mm-hmm. one rule in shamanism is which i also learned over time i got my ass kicked around a few times by medicine and that is reverence and respect the plant medicine those plants are very very powerful we have no idea like They can just, you know, spin you around, Mm. lift you up, drop you, like we are no one. And sometimes I'll see someone who claims to have done a lot of work, plant medicine work, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is nothing, you know, and they come in, and I'm like, oh, man, one of those. And soon enough, you know, after giving them medicine, an hour later, they are on the floor crying, you know, (laughs) they are like... Please forgive me. I didn't know it, this.
0: Is it is it your experience that maybe I don't know. I, I've never I've never done that line of work, but I'm, I, I suppose that maybe the bigger the ego speaking, the the harder you crash in terms of like that when when the plant when the plant is working.
1: Totally, because like I said, everybody has different levels of egos. So the stronger the ego is, it means they're also um bottling down a lot of crap, a lot of baggage, stuff mm-hmm. they do not want to see. So I don't know if you notice, um, there's a saying, you know, if you go to a gym, you know, you'll see these big guys, they're pumping, you know, big muscles. From outside, they look like really scary. But if you take time and you sit with them and if you talk to them, most of those guys, those hulks, they're actually teddy bears inside. Yeah. They have lots of wounds. So I don't know if you know guys who build up their upper body, like big muscles and big chests, usually they have weak legs. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and why they're working on their they're they're working all on upper body. Why? Because usually they have trauma. They were either bullied when they were little. Uh, physically sexually or verbally um maybe they were in different foster homes Uh, nobody gave them Mm -hmm. attention and now when they got a chance now they want to show the world that i am the one i am powerful you know so most of those people they are strong outside and they and their egos they keep them in check but once Mm -hmm. you kind of crack them open become their friend and talk to them inside they're broken and that happens a lot of time i had a i had this guy like almost seven feet and almost like 300 pounds big guy i'm like damn how are we gonna handle this guy you know (laughs) (laughs) because in ceremony anything can go and i had a feeling he's gonna he's gonna drop (laughs) and about an hour later i think about 2 hours it t- it took quite a bit of medicine because the ego was fighting First. in medicine work it's the ego which is fighting with the medicine it doesn't want to let mm. go medicine is mm-hmm. saying go on the break and ego is like no 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 i want to stay here because ego knows something is going down yeah so sure enough after 2 hours this big guy you know big hulk was on the ground flat crying Wow, crying wow. for mama you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and it was i mean i'm laughing right now but it was so beautiful to see of the course. healing you know after that the guy was just like melting away hugging everyone and went, Oh course. thank god nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course of course yeah it's it's always like you know i feel i feel as 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 teachers we we do have that side of you know, looking at what would be apparently a suffering that our students go through. But there is kind of like, you are happy to see that this person is going through that suffering, although it's not comfortable, but you know what's on the other side of it. You know what's on the other side. So having that, that big guy flat on the ground you know, you're like, you're like, you know what it took to get there and you know what will be happening after that. That's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful moment. And, and I'm sure you have plenty of, of oh, anecdotes yeah. like that. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> you see them all the time. You see them all the time. <laughs> um, and while, while we were talking about like the, the reality that exists for um, when we are doing plant work with indigenous people, um, in terms of like them having the perception of the modern quote unquote society and the problems. One thing that I'm very passionate about is is the idea of fatherhood, like like our our role. Um, I'm a, I'm a father of two, um, and and it's something that's constantly on my mind as a as a male figure, and and it's like, what is father fatherhood? for you and how does that align or not with the, li- the work that you do?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a great question. And I'm very passionate about that too. <laughs> so I was brought up by, um, by a father who was very, very strict, very religious, you know, and man, I, I, I can't even tell you how many times I got beaten up. It was every other day. <laughs> And and sometimes for the for something which I didn't even do, you know. He will just be angry for some other stuff or or maybe with my mom. And then I would just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. time. Oh my god. (laughs) So oh oh man, that's and he had a big hand too. Like, oh my god. So and very religious. And I had a lot of anger till I started doing my work uh, with the plant medicine. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of, you know, resentment, like why he was like that. He would never let us play, uh, we are four siblings. He would never let us play in the, in the street. Back in Pakistan still, neighborhood is like everybody's connected not like here we don't even know who's next door right yeah or there everybody knows what's going on and especially ladies they they know everything what's happening on the street Mm -hmm. so but we were not allowed to go we were not allowed to watch tv we were not allowed to listen to radio the only thing he wanted uh, us to do was study 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 that was the only thing you know study all the time and yeah. then if you have studied okay go to the mosque or or pray Why you're not praying so as a child i mean after a while you're like why man what what have I done wrong <laughs> right the other kids i can hear them in outside playing cricket or, right. or soccer What what did i do wrong here right but anyway so that's how he was and very strict like not allowed to cry mm. You'll beat me, and if I cry, why are you crying? More beating on top of that. So, oh, wow! Like it. So it, it was like that, and most of uh, you know it, it's a part of culture too. You know, here when we hear beating, we're like, "Oh man, call the police!" No, over yeah. there, you better not call the police. Yeah. By the time police come, you'll be dead.
0: <laughs> That's right. That is right. <laughs> so
1: this is how I grew up. And when I had my daughters, you know, inside me, I was like, I'm never going to be that father, you know, Mm. because I never had the father I wanted to, wanted. Uh, So I'm going to be the best father for my daughters. You know, I'm never going to beat them up, never yell at them and all that kind of stuff. I had all these plans in my head. And then I started doing the plant medicine work. And through plant medicine work, I was able to see, I was able to actually go in my father's body and my mom's body and see why they were the way they were, what went wrong or what was going on. So, long story short, my father never saw his father. My grandfather died when my grandmother was pregnant with my father. So, he never saw a father. He had seven older, brothers but stepbrothers he never had a blood brother so they were all stepbrothers and they were from a very poor village so he had to struggle they were beating him all all the time you know Mm -hmm. in 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 the village there's nothing else to do so you just pick up someone and beat him so he grew up like that so he had to like literally this true story he had to walk like i don't know 10 miles one way to the school and what was the school in the next village under a tree there were no classrooms. Yeah. So he grew up like that. He moved. He became a lawyer. He became a judge, a very prominent judge in Pakistan, a very honest guy. So these are the things I learned from him, honesty. And when you give your words, this is it. Doesn't matter, rain or snow or sun, you you just do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are the things I am actually very, very uh, thankful for him, to him. So I was able to see his pain as growing up. And then when you don't have a father, you're always you know, trying to save your own ass. And on top, you don't have a father. You don't know how to be a father. That's right. right? And I'm not saying what he did was right. Nobody has a right to beat anybody else, let alone hmm. small child. But he did what he could do with whatever the knowledge he had whatever was in his mind he was doing it right because he was a judge he would see criminals every day day in and day out so Mm -hmm. he did not want his sons or daughters to become like that you know Mm -hmm. because he had to struggle so much to go and study he wanted us to study like he the only thing he would never know to was if I wanted to buy a pencil or a pen or a book, he would do anything to get me that, Yeah, you know, or a book. So in his mind, he was doing the right thing by saving us from the street kids. So we don't Mm -hmm. get bad or whatever. But here I was, I was like, what's going on, man, come on, give me a break. But later in my life, I could see that once I became the father, And I had this idea that I will not be like my father, but still because the only father I saw was him. Yeah. So what did I learn? I learned those things, even though I was against those things still that became my mechanism. How to be a father Mm -hmm. unknowingly subconsciously. Right. So time to time when my daughters were, little, you know, I have never beaten them up. But like those, even those thoughts will come. Like you're a father sometimes, you know, when, especially when the kids are younger and you cannot sleep, I'm sure once
0: while you probably had that thought and yeah. I'm going to throw this kid out of the window. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know, the lack, the lack, what the thoughts that goes through your mind when you do not have enough sleep, yeah. it's enough. It's enough to convince you that you need to sleep and take sleep yeah. seriously.
1: So Kidding aside, you know, those thoughts and once in a while, maybe I'll yell or I would not understand. They will ask me something. I'll be, no, no, you have to do this because I'm father. And I'll be like, oh, shit. I'm becoming my father. Mm -hmm. I'm repeating the same thing. And luckily, I I had started working with the plant medicine and psychology. So I'll catch myself. Oh, shit. Same thing is happening. Even though I said I'll never do this. You know, so with this work luckily i got into this work and i started realizing that my daughters are not my property that's a big thing every parent needs to understand a lot of people say oh this is my son this is my kid you know they will do whatever i want them to do they will get a degree or or, or maybe get me a cup of coffee when when they don't want because i'm their father or mother that is wrong That is totally, totally wrong. We are just lucky enough as parents to bring those souls in this world in the form of our kids. It does not mean we own them. They're not like goats or cows, right? We don't own them. They are here. We are lucky enough, like we are blessed. And I don't know if you remember the first time you became father, it changes your life. It brings you down, like grounds you. So that is actually yes. a blessing. So over the years, what I learned was for me, fatherhood is, first of all, it's a blessing. Second thing is that my daughters are actually my teachers. So I'm not doing them a favor. Yes, right now. I'm bigger, I'm an adult, I have the money and I'm providing all those things. So I have probably upper hand, but a time will come when I will become weak. I won't be able to assert myself. They will have the upper hand. Yeah. So wouldn't it be better that I talk to them at the same level from the get going and make it a two way street instead of just I'm the father, you do this because I'm your father. So for me, my daughters are my teachers. Yeah. Especially yeah. in this day and age with the technology, man. I mean in no more <laughs> <laughs> for me, At that least... is fatherhood. It's 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 a blessing. And I have been blessed. That I became father so I could bring myself down I could learn more stuff from them about them and about myself
0: that's right beautiful beautiful um we it's it's interesting ever since I've been doing this podcast and interviewing and talking to people it's like we can we can really talk with people for for hours like it's just it just flows and 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 we get to one subject after the other and we get to know we get to laugh we we get to like uh, we I haven't get to the point where where i would cry on the podcast but i'm sure it will happen at one point but we get to like <laughs> like like feel different emotions and and i'm i'm very very like happy to 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 have that moment with you and and but i'm also very cognizant of of i value your time and i value my guest's time right. so so we are we are going on to the you know, when you are in an airplane and they tell you, you know, like start putting your, your, your seat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> straight and then, you know, we're going to start to land. Um, right. But be- before before we land, um, I always have one question that I try to finish with. It's asking my guest to tell me to teach to teachable moment over the last, I don't know week or month two teachable moments and then one moment that they were like they disagree with that like we, i call that a reach they disagree with you know the what they saw what they read or 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 you know what was said what was done or and, and then two teachable moments two beautiful moments that they like you know what i really like that i dig that that was cool and then one that is like no that wasn't cool so so mm-hmm. that's what i'm So
1: lately, you know, my own teach uh, learning is about existence. So this is my learning. I've been into that phase where, where at times I will question about existence Mm -hmm. and pretty much everyone who is on this path, uh, they come across this hurdle. So I was sitting with my mentor uh, here in Vancouver, actually three, four days ago. So I was discussing this. I'm like, hey, listen, this is the situation I have. So what do we do? And he's much older and much wiser. And I asked him, like, these kind of questions you can't just ask anyone because people don't have idea about existential crisis. So I asked him, hey, listen, you know, this is, have you ever heard that? So yeah, I have gone through that many times. I was in it in this march for two months. I'm like, oh, thank God, this is not just me then. (laughs) Yeah. So he was like, this is very, very common. People who are evolving because their perception changes, like it widens and it deepens and everything. And And they start seeing things from different angles. They have different ideas or understanding of the same thing 20 years ago. Yeah. And with that, uh, sometimes, you know, um, what what is that? Uh, Knowledge knowledge is a curse. Mm. Something like that. And that is true. Like when you know too much, it can be jarring. It can be like, oh man, why did I get into this? I don't want to know this. Why can't I just go back to drinking and partying and just chill, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so those things start happening and you start questioning. So we're just sitting like this and he said, you know, Fessel, you have this crisis because you are looking for something. Like, what? So the only way you can have this problem is when you're looking for a destination Hmm. and you are lost. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, you know. He says, but the answer is, there's nothing to be found. You know, you're looking for something, a destination to reach. And that will never change because when I come to this level, I'm looking for another level, another level. So I'm looking for a destination. Okay, when will I become, you know, the one? Yeah. He said, there is never. You know, looking for something, you want to be found, like you're lost. You want to be found, but there's nothing to be found. Mm. Kind of tricky. I mean, it took me yeah, a while. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what is he trying to say here? He said, so I'm like, then what? Like nothing. Just be. This is this is you you chose this path and you just keep going. There's nothing to be found and you are not lost. Don't try to find yourself. Wow. And he also said one thing which I disagreed, <laughs> so that is your second thing and then I yeah. so he said like I can tell you right now that you are not a shaman that kind of hit me like, whoa wait a minute what are you trying to say It's like again because you are looking to become a shaman the problem is you can only become who you are so you're going after a title Maybe you are way more than a shaman, but you are looking for that title. You cannot get that title. You can only get what you have inside you. So stop oh. running after that.
0: Wow. That's and and I
1: just wrote today, actually, this quote, my own, uh, kind of put my spin on it. Yep. Uh, I wrote it and it's something like this. We can never achieve the title we are running after. We can only claim the title we already have within.
0: Well wow. that's that's gonna take that's gonna take some years for me to to it took to... me a
1: few days. I mean it took me a few
0: days. First when he said that, I'm like,
1: oh man, come on, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> well, well, if it takes it took you for a few days, it's gonna take me a while, like a solid, <laughs> solid year for me to like code that and, and it's gonna be it's gonna be um you know nested somewhere in my mind and I'll have to you know find a way. Um, Well, really, really easy at the end what I, I
1: can leave you
0: with is and I think it will
1: help a lot of people too is all our lives we keep running. I want to be this. I want to buy this car and once we buy that car, after a month or two months it's just an ordinary car. I'll buy another one, another one, another house, bigger house, you know, in a better area. I want to become a teacher and let's say, oh, once you become something, a teacher, I want to do another PhD, another PhD, I want to go to next level, next level. It never ends. You can only become what you have inside. And you have to find that, what you are, um, you know, at peace with. Once you find that, then you don't need to get another PhD or another car or in another house. So the struggle is to find what, is I'm comfortable with and that is inside that is the problem is that is not outside we're we're looking outside yeah well
0: that's that's beautiful Faisal thank you very much for blessing us with with that conversation and 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 bringing us to to every I, I find during the conversation I was going to every little corner of my not only my body but my soul really um, so that was that was really beautiful thank you very much for that um, if people want to find you um, follow you like you know get information on the on the ruhani wellness center wh- where can they where can they find you where can they find things about you
1: so i'm all over the social media so website is ruhani wellness center and center is spelled with r e dot com. And also I have, um, <clears throat> have my own method, the one week long method, which I teach there, uh, psychology and plant medicine. It's called the Arbol method, A-R-B-O-L, the Arbol com. So the Arbol in Spanish is a tree. So that method is based upon the life of tree. Like we start from just like a tree, we start from a seed, which is the inner child. And then we grow the roots and everything else. So those two places, um, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, just search me, on there.
0: That's amazing. Thank you very, very, very much for for blessing us, for giving us a little bit of your valued, valued, precious time. And, and I really appreciate that that you came on the podcast today. And, and since I have a chance to, to see your daughter every week because we teach salsa together i'm going to be uh i'm going to be um, telling her why did, didn't she teach me about those things that she learned from you you know so i'm i'm being kept in the dark so so but i'm, I'm really glad that i had that conversation with you that was amazing and beautiful thank you very thank much thank
1: you very much for bringing me on the podcast and and i know everything happens at the right time and there is a reason behind everything so there is a reason we are communicating right now. And, um, <clears throat> and thank you for putting this together. I know this is hard work. I, I, I used to be uh, online radio host too. So I did like 40, 50 uh, shows like this. So it, it is hard work. And whoever is watching or listening to us, thank you for giving us your time. And thank you, Tango, for Exume, for helping people, inspiring people. How to be a teacher and how to be a father. Thank you very
0: much. Appreciate it. Oh, thank that. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can find Fessel and details about the Ruhani Wellness Center and the Outboard Method at RuhaniWellnessCenter.com. That's R u h a n i wellness and the Arbol method that's t h e a r b o l method.com as well as their facebook page teach reach is made by dr lemstein productions mixing and editing by ian lamb the intro and outro music is by takoto If you'd like to listen to the show on the regular, become a subscriber and leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Spotify. You can find more information about our podcast at teachreach.podbean.com. Until next time, can be la Hang in there. Don't give up.